mighty people of the most high magnificent God. This is Heather Miller, and I've come to bring you a word today straight out of the word of God. Going to be talking out of Joshua 1 and Psalm 106 today. And um, going to be talking about courage and going to be talking about journeys and so forth and so on. Um, before I get started, I'd like to correct myself on uh, the previous podcast I did back in March on St. Patrick. Uh, there was one little spot there that I messed up on. And um, when uh, I was talking about, if you didn't catch that previous podcast, um, <clears throat> that was a really interesting podcast. As a matter of fact, um, what was so special about it, I got really excited about St. Patrick's Day. I usually, St. Patrick's Day is one of those days that just comes and goes for me, you know, I mean, it's just, um, <clears throat> it's cute, you know, and everything, wear the little green, you know, clover, and everybody pinching each other, but um, it it's just a day that passes most of the time without significance from year to year in my household, but it was very special this last time, and <clears throat> I uh, dis- I found out uh, about a week later that I would be going to Ireland. Uh, my cousin invited me to, me and my daughter, to go with them to Ireland in October. And I have since booked that trip. And we are all going to go as a family. And it's very special because my cousin and I, you know, we have um, a rich Irish heritage and... Um, we grew up listening to to that. It was part of our family culture and and so forth. But so it was really really special, you know. Um, but that's good news, you know, news for 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 the Miller household. But I wanted to correct myself. There was something I had said something about uh, Tia Teffy uh, being brought over to Ireland and, and during the 70 A.D. siege. And that, that was a misspeak. Uh, it was actually in the 500s, but I just wanted to correct myself because that bugged me. <laughs> but anyways, I wanted to get back to the message that the Lord has put on my heart today. And um, how many of you know <clears throat> that this life is a journey, okay? And these stories that we have in this Bible from our predecessor, our predecessors, our the people that have gone before us in the kingdom of God, these are not just stories, okay, for our entertainment, and they are not just recorded history. Uh, they apply to us. Uh, there is a, seems to be a kind of a movement of some kind in in some parts of the body of. Uh, some parts of the church, I would say the professed uh, brick and mortar churches or different different groups that have actually heard them preaching that uh, we can't put ourselves in the Bible, we can't put ourselves in these stories. We can't. That's the most ridiculous thing. That's what God gave us these stories for. And I'll argue them down any day. They can call me or email me. I, I, they can email me. I'll send them my phone number and we'll talk about it. But when God gives these stories, it is so that you can put yourself in the shoes of David in your situation. You can put yourself in the place of Caleb and Joshua in your situation. He speaks to us through these. 
He'll speak to you. He'll say, in this situation, you're like my Samson, or you're, you're, my, you're like my, my Esther, or you are like my David. I want you to take this as a giant. It's like unto. Remember, Jesus always said that. He said, like unto, right? The kingdom of heaven is like unto, like unto. Like unto means allegory. It's allegorical. Here's an allegory, he was saying. This, it's compared to this. It's like unto, right? same thing in this Bible, in this Old Testament, or in the New Testament, from flap to flap. We have many like unto's all throughout this word, and our lives are written within this Bible, okay? Many have gone before us. He's laid out a plan, in other words, and said, do you remember how this person handled this, and how when I told him to do this, okay? And they did the thing, and they were successful. They conquered. They did whatever. They, they were victorious. I want you to stand just, just like that person stood. Yes, he does do that. Yes, he does. Okay? So, that's where I'm going with this today. So, all you Davids, all you Joshua and Caleb's, all you different ones out there, better listen up. This is going to be a good message. And I'll tell you why it's going to be a good message, because... Um, I'm going through it right now. And I'm going to share some background here. I'm going to get a little personal today. And you know, in the Word, it tells us that David, um, David encouraged himself. How many of you know sometimes you got to encourage yourself? When there's nobody around to prophesy to you, there's nobody around to give you a word. There's nobody uh, knocking on your door with a message. And, and you're in a place. You're standing in front of the bathroom mirror and you're looking at yourself and you just start preaching to yourself. You start encouraging yourself. You say, uh, if David encouraged himself, I can encourage myself too. And the Spirit of the Lord fills up your mouth and you begin to encourage yourself. I want to tell you something, something powerful about the words that we speak. The words that we speak over ourselves, over our situations. You know, you can kill a situation with your with your mouth. Yeah, you can. Um, Sometimes God is testing us to see what is your reaction going to be? What is your reaction going to be if you don't get the thing? What are you? How are you going to respond if, if the deal doesn't go through? Oh, I feel God's spirit on this. How are you going to respond if you don't get the job? How are you going to respond if you don't get, if, if whatever, if you don't get healed? I mean, there's so many different scenarios. Um, he wants to, he wants us to love him unconditionally. Hallelujah. People always want God, God, God love me unconditionally. Love me the way I am. Well, that's a cop out most of the time. People just don't want to turn away from their nasty ways, but <clears throat> In another sense, it's also, they just want, they want to receive, receive, receive from God, but they don't want to love Him the way He is. They don't want to love Him anyways. Oh, I feel God's Spirit this morning as I begin to talk this out. I want to share quickly. Uh, um, I've already shared my testimony of how Vernon got healed. Uh, I was a baby girl. <laughs> I thought I was grown, but I was a baby. I was um, <clears throat> I was such a young lady. I was 26, okay? 
and it's back in there um, on the podcast one from back almost two years ago called Pearls. I think it's in number one, talking about how he got healed. Um, and just to give that, just to condense that down, uh, basically, my husband got sick when I was 26, diagnosed with kidney failure. Uh, he was having major eye problems, okay? And one eye would go out, it would get filled, the vessels would pop in the eye, and it would leak out into the fluid inside the ocular fluid of the eye, and it would cloud up on one eye, and, and then and then that'd clear up, and then the other eye'd go out. And it went back and forth like that, like two or three, four times that year, until finally, the end of the year, both eyes went out, he was blind, okay? Uh, it was terrifying for two young people that just got started in life. Terrifying! Had two little boys... Uh, I think my son Eric was two, um, maybe three, might have been two and a half, I don't know, but they were babies. We, we didn't have two dimes to rub together, you know, we were just, you know how it is when you're getting started in life and you're raising kids and um, it was scary for us. And it was something that young people that age don't usually have to deal with. Okay, maybe when you get up in your 50s or 60s, start having health problems. No, it was it hit us early. <clears throat> Vernon's parents had already passed away, and um, I just didn't get a lot of support on my side. That's all I'm going to say there at that time. There were things. So we were alone. All we had was God. That was all we had. And we didn't know him very well. <laughs> That's the truth. We didn't know him very well. We just knew what our parents told us. But we hadn't really had that encounter with him ourselves yet. And this was all part of driving us towards that. Because I'm going to tell you something. Something that will put you on your knees real quick. Is you have some big old giants that come up to try to destroy your life. That will make you get down on your knees real quick. Right. There's no atheist in a foxhole. There's no stubborn rebellious people person that don't want to serve God when big old giant trials have come up against you. Not when you had a praying mama and a praying daddy. Right? You know where to go, child of God, when 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 the tidal wave is coming. And see, that's another thing for parents that have rebellious children out there. Um, stop bailing them out all the time. That's a message for somebody listening today. Stop bailing that child out all the time. Stop being their safety net. As soon as you get out of God's way, okay, the faster it's going to go. Get out of his way. Let God handle that child and let God be that child's only safety net. You watch how fast that, that kid comes back around to what they were taught. Okay, that's just a little nugget there. That was an, <laughs> that was an extra. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so we, we were, uh, we, we were scared, and um, we began to take these little shaky baby steps towards Jesus. And I, re- it, it made me recall everything that I had been raised up in, and it made me recall that you know God can heal him. It was those little childlike. Uh, little baby steps towards Jesus. I know that Jesus can heal him. And I began to uh, believe like that. I began to talk to him like that. And 
um, from my husband's perspective, he was so, he was like Job. He had just lost his, he had lost his mother when he, when she, he was 17. And then he had just recently, a couple of years prior to that, lost his dad. So it was very devastating. And now he's blind. And now he's wondering how he's going to provide for his family. Uh, it was hard. And, um, you know, I got him up off of his chair one day because the Lord prompted me. And the details of that are in that other podcast, Pearls. I got him up off of that chair. I said, we're going to go for a walk. And we lived at, uh, on a private road. Uh, we, uh, we inherited his childhood home on acreage. And that was what we had. I, we were so thankful to have it. And uh, we went walking down the road and um, sat him back down in his chair. And not long after that, I mean, like not long, I went back to my bedroom and I heard him screaming, I'm healed, I'm healed. I'm healed, I can see. And he, and, and he could see every, every day for the rest of his life after that. Well, um, there's something interesting about that story. And this is the Lord, as the, as the Lord had me revisit that, I've revisited that story and I've told it many, many, many times. Okay. Um, it's such a impactful testimony um, there's, there's usually not a lot of dry eyes in the room when I tell it, um, in person. Okay. Um, it's such an impactful, uh, testimony. You don't run into people every day that's had something like that happen. Um, it softens people's heart and it gives them hope. But as I've revisited that story over the years, you know, God takes, yeah, God takes you back to the word and you get more out of it that you didn't see before. Well, he does that with our, our stories, our testimonies. He'll take you back to that day when such and such happened. Do you remember this? He'll talk to you about it again. I always wondered why the walk, why the walk, Lord, why did we walk? What was the deal with the walking? I took him specifically, looking back, it was the Holy Spirit had me take him, get up out of that chair, we're going to go for a walk, you know, and he said, I can't walk, I can't see, I said, I said, well, I'm going to be here right beside you, I said, but we've got to go up, we've got to go on this walk, it was urgent, I had to get him and go on a walk down this rocky road, and he can't, somebody can't see, can't hardly see his hand in front of his face, and big old, you know, how gravel roads are, you know, some of it's smooth, and sometimes you might have a little ankle twister on the ground because those rocks be about an inch and a half or whatever. And we go walking. Why the walk, though? Because the walk, with every step that we took, we were sending a message to hell that said, we're going to love God anyways. We're going to love God anyways. Hell must have heard that thundering through. You know? There's something about getting to that place where you've said, Okay, Lord, I accept this is your will. Or I accept this. I'm going to love you anyways. And we did. I literally had said to him, He said, I can't walk, I can't see. And I said to him, I know you can't see, but you can't sit in this chair. You can't keep sitting in this chair, baby. If you're going to be blind, 
You're going to have to learn to be good at being blind. Oh, I'm telling you, it was a tearjerker. But he didn't have to learn to be good at being blind. Thank God. How different our lives would have been. How very different. God allowed him to have eyes to see his children grow up. But because we were willing to love God anyways, I'm telling you, that's a hard place to be. That's a hard place to be. Sometimes that's your breakthrough. That's your place with him where you say, you've loved me unconditionally despite all my sin, all my turning away. It's time for me to love you unconditionally. And I love you, Lord. You're still a good God. You know, when Vernon passed away, I'm fixing to get even more personal here. This is good. This is good. I, I need to do this. Um, when Vernon passed away, about three years before he passed away, we had some hard times. And that's all I'm going to say. Financially, emotionally, spiritually, the battles we fought were enormous. And um, Satan could never break our love. See, that's what the enemy wants to do with a couple that loves each other so much. Um, And in this case, for some reason, it was kind of like the Job marriage. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. But he could never crush our love. I think that made Satan so mad. He could never crush our love. We still loved each other, you know? And uh, the enemy wants to destroy love. Um, And love is something, here's a tidbit, a side trail for a minute. Um, The enemy can't speak love. And when you start speaking in the language of love and loving people anyways and loving and loving God anyways, that's a language he doesn't understand. He, he can't comprehend it, like literally cannot compute it. He can't translate that. He can't, it doesn't make any sense to him. So it throws him completely off guard when we love anyways. Don't let Satan steal your love, okay? Young couples out there, old couples out there, whoever, somebody needs to hear that. Don't let some don't let the enemy steal your love and your relationships with your beautiful friends, your blessings, your children, so forth and so on. Um but uh going back to um uh what I was saying was um uh we went through a lot those last two or three years and um financially I mean what towards the very end it got just skinny and you know I've come a long way since then okay since Vernon passed away and I'm been left here to journey the rest of this life um as a widowed woman um and it's different um it's very different in where I had my husband to he was my uh my partner in life, I don't even like to use the word partner because I feel like that that's a, de- that like deduces marriage. I, I think they use that term the wrong way, but, but he was my, um, he was my, my best friend. He was that, the other one. We were in it together. Well, now I'm not in it. I don't have it. I don't have anybody to be in it with. I'm in it with Jesus. And that's a whole different feeling. But Jesus, my husband, Jesus, 
for the bride of Christ, he has been a good husband to me. And he has kept me, brother and sister. Um, I have been more financially stable, I think, than I've ever been, uh, even since Vernon passed away. Um, just taking care of me, providing for me, opening doors for me I did not expect. Um, but whenever I put him in the ground on October the 21st, and the Lord had me to remember this because I'm going through a trial right now. I would say I'm, I'm, I'm battling giants right now, brothers and sisters, and I need prayers, okay? Um, when I put him in the ground that day, I had this, um, I had a beautiful black dress that, um, uh, that's a whole other thing uh, the Lord provided. I, I had rushed out to go buy something and I, I found this little dress, looked like a little Jacqueline Kennedy dress and uh, it fit me like a glove and it was like it was made for me. I, I, um, I didn't want to wear a lot of the styles that were out there and, and uh, I wanted uh, that classic long, you know, pretty black dress and uh, uh, people think God doesn't do that kind of stuff, but, but he does, because I was there, and I looked over at that rack, it was the only one there, and, and, and it was like the Lord just put his hand all over it, it was uh, on sale, because everything I, I buy has to be on sale, because I'm cheap like that, <laughs> but I had my little black dress on, and it was a beautiful, he had a beautiful funeral, but it was um, obviously a very sad day it was very traumatic and um, I remember my preacher um, <clears throat> at the graveside we were sitting up under this awning there's all these beautiful oak trees in this country cemetery and he's a singer my goodness he's a singer and he started singing amazing grace out there in that old cemetery and everybody joined in and I was sitting on the front row in front of my husband's coffin. And I remember I started to chime in and to sing with them. And it was like the Holy Spirit just hushed me. And I cannot describe that. And it was like time slowed down all around me. And as they began to sing Amazing Grace, this breeze began to blow through that pavilion. And I remember looking up at the faces of the pallbearers and hearing the music. It sounded like heaven was singing. And it was so surreal. And I remember the breeze coming up in that pavilion and the rippling of that. My dress was rippling and dancing on the wind. And it was like, a moment that God gave me a bitter, sweet, peaceful, sad moment of saying goodbye to my husband. And looking down at my hand, I did not have my wedding ring on. And it wasn't because I didn't want to have it on. It was because I had it in a pawn shop because I had to hawk it in order to pay some bills. And the, you know, why am I sharing this with you today? Why am I sharing this with you today? 
because since that moment, since that day, you know, I didn't know what was going to go on. I didn't know how life was going to go. It was a journey, my friend. I knew life would never be the same. And I knew I I had to embark on a journey, (laughs) whether I wanted to or not. And the only way I was going to make it through this rough terrain, this this journey, it was going to be God. And He has done that. God has been faithful. He moved us from North Texas. He come to me in March of 2020. So told me to sell my ho- my home and my land. I didn't want to sell it. It was scary. There was emotional attachments there for my youngest son. Um, there was emotional attachments there for me. It was it was a scary thing. I just had to trust the Lord. Uh, I sold it, and and it was faith to faith and glory to glory. After that, the Lord told me to sell it and buy land. That's what He told me to do. So I sold it, and I want to tell you a week after I sold it, I want to tell you this, a week after I sold my house and land in North Texas, I got a a text come to my phone for a piece of land. I ended up negotiating with that land, with the landowner. It came to me. I didn't go look for it. How many of you know that when God tells you to do something, He's going to put doors in front of you that, that, that you're, you, you're not going to be able to miss them. Like, you're going to know it's God. And I bought it. And uh, the, the, the guy that, that owned it, his LLC was called Holy Land, Holy Land LLC. <laughs> I'm not making this up. So, Holy Land LLC sold Glad Heart Enterprises the land. I got the land. And the story goes from there. And um, so the Lord put me in this business. And, you know, last weekend, this last weekend, um, I've been going through a battle as far as like, you know, trying to be obedient to the Lord, trying to do the things the Lord has told me to do. And I'm doing those things. But how many of you understand that when God has put you on a journey and you're on a, you're in a battle uh and you're going into the land, you're going in, there's giants in that land, okay? Now, you're, it doesn't mean that everything's going to be easy peasy, right? It's just going to get handed to you left and right. You're just going to have to put your hand out there and just receive. No, it doesn't work like that. There's going to be times where you're going to have to battle with your doubts. You're going to have to say, well, you know, is this what you want, Lord? What is going on here? Um, in those moments, those are the moments that are most precious. Whenever you are in a position, and I'm in a position like that right now where huh, um, it's just going to be God. Because in the natural, if it was just the natural, it's just not going to happen. Okay? It's not going to happen by my might and by my power. It's going to happen by God's might and by God's power. Okay? that That's the way you have to think about things. Okay? Uh, listen here, some of you out there thinking, well, this, you talking about just acquiring stuff, Heather. No, I'm not just talking about stuff. You're not talking to a woman, you're not listening to a woman today that's just talking about stuff, okay? When I buried my husband, I watched him be blind, I watched him be sick, I've seen him, I'd seen, I went through all that, seen him healed so many times, walked through hell and back. Uh, this is not about stuff. 
This is about having the victory and overcoming Christ Jesus in every overcoming with Christ Jesus in Christ Jesus in every way. Okay. Hallelujah. This is about taking the satisfaction away from from hell. This is about standing on the promises of God. This is about walking in faith so that you you are found pleasing in His sight. Because you want to talk about stuff here? Okay, this is the story in the promised land. You want to talk about some stuff, okay? That land was stuff. It was a rich land. It was a good land, okay? And it was inhabited by giants. In the natural, that was never going to happen. If they went into battle, these giants, when they said, we are as grasshoppers in their sight. Well, if any of you have ever uh, done the studies on giants and giant bones that have been found throughout the many decades uh, that have been covered up, um, start doing some of those studies and really looking into that. uh, They were not joking when they said they were as grasshoppers in their sight. They were big people. You'd have to be out of your mind try to take those people on. But you know, the Word of God tells us in Joshua, you go over to uh, verse 9, all of the inhabitants of the land faint because of you, referring to the people of God, because they had a reputation that their God went before them. And, you know, I am having it, to remind myself of how far God has, how he has kept me. Have you ever been in a place like that where you are having to go back and, and, and remind yourself, did God put you in this job? Did God put you in this business? Is God the one that put you in that house? Is God the one that brought that husband into your life? Hallelujah. Okay, there are things you have to look back on what God has already done, okay, in order to stabilize your faith, to remind yourself, who is in charge here? Who is the one that's, that's got everything in motion? Who is the one that gave you the blessings you have in the first place? So that when you see these giants, you, you don't tremble in their sight. You don't tremble in their sight. Even though their their natural might is bigger than yours. The word of God said, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. How many of you know he knows how to move his spirit on your behalf? Yes, he does. He knows how to line things up so that they fit together like a puzzle piece. He knows how to stop the enemy. And he knows how to stop the, the enemy's children. You know... Most people, and and, and I think most preachers, pastors, you know, people that um, manage the money and the finances in churches, they'll tell you that most people do not tithe. It's true. They don't. I heard a statistic, because you know how statistics are, (laughs) where you sometimes you're like, where'd you get that, you know? I mean, the statistics are like, you know... um, Estimates, You know, nobody really knows, but statistically, you know, but I did hear a statistic that, that said that only like five or 10% of people uh, in churches tithed at, gave it all, 
gave it all, not tithed. And even far less than that, actually tithed. Like, you know, there's been a lot of debate about that, okay? Tithing, and should we be doing this anymore? And isn't this the old law? And and, and what they really meant was a buck, you know, uh, uh, to go in there with a bucket or a bowl of wheat, you know what I'm saying? I've heard that argument. They didn't mean money. They meant, you know, once you got your crops and you gave so much in and you brought that in there. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that's what they did at that time. But that doesn't mean if I show up at a, a church or if I send a Brother Ray Comfort or one of these ministries, my preacher, could you imagine him opening up UPS, show up at the door? <laughs> and I grew a bunch of peaches and sent him a bucket of peaches. Of course, he'd probably love that. <laughs> but that, but not if I said, this is my tithe, you know, no. Um, how do you think these people are doing what they're doing out there? They're not doing it with lemon drops and gumballs falling from the sky. Most of the time people say, well, I don't give anything to churches and I don't give anything to preachers and all that stuff because, you know, I mean, I just don't believe in giving money to them. Now, I don't mind helping them like volunteering and all that, but I'm not going to do that. Um, most of the people that say that bunch of baloney, they ain't never going to volunteer. They ain't going to do nothing. It's just an excuse to be stingy. Let's just tell the truth. That even after God gave them all that he gave them, they can't give one little pinch to him. And you know, I'm talking about this why. Because I don't want to be, I'm not going to be that person. But you know, I don't want to see good business opportunities fall into the hands of those kind of people. It sickens me. So they can go buy them a new Mercedes or they can go and flaunt themselves uh, or go buy some more crypto or whatever they're doing. Not give anything to reaching the lost, to feeding the hungry, to, to supporting and encouraging some of these preachers out there that they're just out there on a whim and a prayer, doing what God they doing what God's telling them to do. Um, they don't plan on people are selfish, and so those of us, men and women of God, brothers and sisters, that you're in the business, you're in business, you're doing what you're doing, um, you honoring honoring God, you, you're you're joyful to honor God, and you see one of these. Uh, uh, business sharks, in my business I call them real estate sharks, um, come in trying to, to get their greasy hands all over what you feel like God has led you to, it's infuriating. And that's what I'm dealing with right now. I need prayer. And that's, you know, that's fine. And, you know, because whatever, the, whatever happens, whatever, um, uh, anything that the enemy takes, uh, God will restore it to me. I'm not worried about it. But do you see what I'm saying? It's it's walking out in faith, walking through, hanging on to the promises of God, going in to take the land like a Joshua and a Caleb. Um, I had an interesting thing yesterday as I was sharing, uh, the other day actually, as I was sharing with my father. Um, he said, he said, well, he said, well, gal, Go in there and take that land like Caleb. <laughs> That's the way my daddy talks. He calls me gal. And I said, you know, it's funny you said that. Because 
years ago, weird thing, uh, my friend Mary took me to a church a long time ago. And how many of you know God will say something to you uh, through a man or a woman of God or to you personally? Or he, he, he knows how to talk specifically to you. He knows how to get the message across. Um, he can make words of this Bible just jump off the page like they were under a magnifying glass. And you know in your spirit that he's speaking to you. But uh, this man of God, uh, uh, funny, funny story. Actually, my friend Mary took me uh, to a church in Dallas. She, she said, I'm com- I'm, she said, you're coming with us to church to Dallas. And I said, well, I'm coming, huh? I'm, are you going to take me up there? She said, yeah, you're coming. She wouldn't let me get out of it. So we went up there, and it was an all-Hispanic um, church. And I mean Hispanic, like Spanish-speaking, Okay. So I'm in there, and there was a, it was a pretty good-sized little, little church. I think they were having a revival. It was at night, and um, uh, there was probably three or 400 people there. And I got up to stretch my legs, go to the bathroom, and he pointed at me, that preacher. And matter of fact, it was English translator. It was, uh, he was speaking Spanish. It was an English translator that was speaking behind him. That's what it was. And he pointed at me. And he, he said, you, like that. And I turned around, and I looked back behind me. I thought he was talking about somebody else. He said, yes, you. You speak English. And I, uh, oh, no, he said, you speak Spanish. And I said, I just kind of shook my head. And, no, he said, and then he said, are you Italian? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, some people, I've had some people think I'm Italian. I said, no, you know. And then he walked and charged over me, and he started talking to me and I'll never forget that and um, he said things to me that I knew uh, I knew it was from the Lord because uh, many of the things he said to me I had just preached and shared uh, at my friend's ministry earlier that morning and one of the things he said was that you will take the land like Joshua and Caleb. You will enter in anyways. And what that means is so symbolic. When God tells you you're going to enter into something, okay, like Joshua and Caleb, that means despite what you see, despite who doesn't want to go with you, despite who cooperates. See, so many times we think, oh, our blessings and stuff from God are contingent upon all these other people cooperating. No, the only thing it's contingent upon is you cooperating with your faith and walking with your great and mighty God. That's what it's contingent on, my love. Okay? Hallelujah. So he told me that, and I never forgot it. And I cried and I cried, and, and it, it really struck me. I never forget that. And so when my father said, Gal, you just go take that land like Caleb. (laughs) I was like, yes, sir. Um, But see, God, God knows what he's doing. And um, uh, he knows how to uh, win the war. And sometimes there are some things that you can control in your situation. In other words, let me just say it this way. There are some things that you have power in how you react. Okay? Or you have power in the things that you can do. Your part, in other words. Your responsibility in the matter. And then there are things that you don't. 
then there are things that you say, Lord, I have no control what they're doing over there behind those doors. They're up to something nefarious. I don't know what they're up to. I don't have control over that. So I'm just going to trust you. You see what I'm saying? So whoever is conspiring in your life or what, whatever is conspiring. See, we, we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities in high places, right? Um, what kind of enemies do you have, okay, that you don't have control over what they're doing? And, and, and we forget we don't have to feel helpless. We don't have to feel helpless. The enemy wants us to be overwhelmed with feelings of helplessness and, um, and to lose heart. No, okay? Because when Jesus died on the cross, there was an authority that he gave us to tread over scorpions and serpents. Hallelujah, okay? He keeps us and he gives us authority over those things in our lives. Um, and then sometimes God says, be still. And that he will fight our battles for us. So you do your part. In other words. Hallelujah. We all have to. Um, I wanted to touch on a little bit. I was going to read out of Psalm 105. But um, I don't think I am this time actually. I do that sometimes. I'll say I'm going to read out here and here. And then that's just not the way it goes. I probably need to stop saying that. <laughs> but Psalm 105 is basically just the psalm that goes along with the promised land story. And it's good to read. We need to remember it. But um, people, people have perverted uh, the true meaning of this promised land story in today's modern, um, new age, greedy, prosperity gospel churches. It was never about the stuff. Okay? The stuff was uh, as a result of Okay, they ended up with the land. You see what I'm saying? It it was never about just the stuff. Okay, it was way it was way more than that. So they used this story to um, to make it about houses and cars and all this kind of stuff. No, that's not what it's about. It's about conquering and being being obedient to the Lord because Jesus told us that God wants to give His children good gifts. That's in there. You sit there and argue. Get mad about it. I don't care. It's in there. Okay? He he talked about, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does the Father? So when the Father wanted to give a gift to his people of the land, he wanted to give it to them. See, that's why he got so angry at the first batch of them. Have you ever had a child? Um, I have. That... You go to, you, you're so joyful in your heart because you're so excited. You're ready to give this child this gift, right? I actually have had this exact scenario. <laughs> and, but because the child doubted you and because of the child's behavior was so bratty and uh, throwing fits because they thought they weren't going to get it. And when they thought they weren't going to get it, suddenly you became a bad parent, right? Have you ever had that? And so you might have had the gift behind your back fixing to pull it around. And after you saw their behavior, you said, no, I don't think you are. I don't think you're going to get this. You might just get a good old country butt whooping, though. That's what you need. Well, that's kind of what happened with God and these people. Um, he had it right there. He's fixing to give it to them. 
and they were so bratty and and they were uh rotten the way they acted and they accused him and they said oh you brought us out here to die and and they said that and and they they then they said the giants are too big we can't do it you know it's just these people you see this you see this to this day same scenario played out over and over um he had it right there because it gave him joy he wanted to he wanted to love on them by giving them this gift of the land and they acted so rotten what they ended up with was basically a good old country butt whooping instead and he he looked at him and he said let it be out of your own mouth they cursed themselves with their own mouth and they ended up dying in the wilderness which is what they kept accusing him of but he, he had no plans for that that wasn't what he wanted so his story is way deeper than the stuff um way deeper than that but their children Hmm? But their children, they entered in. And boy, they were world takers. They had never seen anything but the providence of God. That was what they were accustomed to. They were used to seeing miracles. That's the way they grew up. They didn't expect, they didn't know anything other than God provides. God is mighty. They didn't know anything. That was their perception. You know how a child can grow up in a home, have completely different perception that from about what's actually going on um from their little perspectives growing up seeing the pillar fire by night and the smoke uh the pillar smoke by day seeing the red sea part um seeing water come out of rocks um their mama go out in the morning and go get manna gather manna you know this was this could you imagine how that must have shaped their perception as far as the might of god so, do you know how absurd it would have sounded to them to come up then to one of them and say, God can't do that? They would have laughed you to scorn. He does it every day. That's how we live. So, when they, when they went in to take the land, they had no doubts. It just wasn't there. It wasn't there. And there's something powerful about that place you get where there's no doubt. You just don't have any. Matter of fact, you don't even have a battle with it when you get into that kind of walk. You get into that kind of faith. You don't even have a battle with it. It doesn't even cross your mind. It's just this peace and this calm confidence that comes over you that uh, everywhere my foot shall trod, I shall possess it. Because why? Because the Lord said. (laughs) Uh, They had the truest childlike faith that second generation because it was God's will that they take the land so that they could possess that land hallelujah and they lived in houses that that they did not build well I hope that you got something good out of this Joshua 1 I highly recommend that you go read it I'm not gonna read it to you but there's a lot to read here but I do want to remind you a couple of things in Joshua 1 um I love this one. Verse 9. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee. Whithersoever thou goest. Hallelujah. Well I hope you got something good out of this today. And got pretty personal on this podcast. 
Our lives are books written within. God is writing his story on your life. And your reaction is very important because um, you are a book. If somebody was going to read your book, if somebody, one of your grandchildren, think about this in the future. How would you like that book to go? Wouldn't it be wonderful for your grandchildren to read your book and say, but listen what grandma did. She stood in faith and then God did this, you know? Yes, he's making those kind of stories for you right now. Hallelujah. God bless you. And I hope that you have enjoyed this. And no matter what the world is looking like, no matter what inflation is doing or, or, or whatnot, and you feel like your little dollars are getting smaller, don't worry about those little dollars. No matter how expensive gas is, God will provide. You always have money for gas. <laughs> no matter what it looks like, you have yourself a lovely day anyways.